Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Don, what's been going on this week? Uh, this week, I, I've I've kind of deviated from from a lot of the stuff we've been doing the past few weeks. Um, I dove back into um, working on Alexa skills. Um, we were just having a conversation about Alexa picking up your voice <laughs> yeah. without a without a wake word. Um, but uh, no, the 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 new release by Alexa to allow charging for uh, content, um, I think is going to be a major shift. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it, it fits one of the things that I had actually built out a stub for previously. So I'm just, uh, rebuilding that out. I've got a, a potential client slash partner, uh, corporate partner to work with on this one. Um, so, just going to build it out, make a nice little de- demo video for them and see what they think. Nice. What's been going on with you? Well, I was basically on vacation um, the last week. I was in Los Angeles, other side of the country um, from usually where we are. And I found myself not wanting to do much. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Megan and I go out to these cities um, to just check out different places. And this is, I've been to San Francisco a bunch of times and I've just never been to Los Angeles. And some of it's been people just kind of knock LA for the traffic, the sprawl, the, I guess the heat is bad to some people. If I, I find it to be quite a good thing, but, um, I don't know. We had a great time. We found a really good Airbnb. We had good friends showing us around and, the neighborhood we were in was really kind of a really friendly walkable air space called Atwater village. And just, we had a really good relaxing time. And so <clears throat> that's why this, we kind of skipped a week on our episodes and I just never got around to actually scheduling um, anything important at that during that time, but it was a good, really good week. We sure. on, the, on the other side, we launched um, the first episode of our multi-parter on this old app, right? Um, a show about Project Chasms, which is we are building an application that allows for the um, aggregation of SMS messages into single chat channels, mainly for the construction business, which is our initial focus. And we're sh- talking more detailed project level than we typically do on stuff on CTO Think about <clears throat> the decisions we're making, our focus, trade-offs of choices, um, and execution and technology. So anyone that wants to kind of hear two people talk about building an app application from scratch and then testing it and adjusting to user feedback can go over to this old app dot online and listen to project chasms part one. That's our first installment. Um, and we've got back. a couple more coming. And then I think, yeah. I think 
The next one is a couple of uh, stand-ups, and then I think the one after that, which we haven't recorded yet, will be you talking about Firebase. So yes, um, yep. it'll be it, for anybody interested in that stuff. It'll be good. So on on back to this show um, this week, I wanted to talk about meetings. Um, there's been a lot of discussion amongst the tech blogs, blog sphere, podcast sphere, management discussions about the overabundance of meetings or the negativity of meetings. And I don't, I don't subscribe completely that a meetingless company is better off. I do believe that an overabundance of meetings is actually counterproductive. Um, so I wanted to kind of get your take, your experience going from big firms to smaller, um, how meetings used to work for you or against you, how you conduct them now, what you think the best balance is. That's kind of the way I wanted to target this episode. Sure. So, so I guess what I would, what I'll start with, we both started at bigger companies. I'm curious from you, your history of meetings um, from big to now, what, what do you remember about how meetings were scheduled, conducted, and if they were effective um, for you? And then we'll get into talking about how we maybe execute them now to, or how we've improved on that. Sure. So I, uh, but going back 20 years into my IBM days, uh, I don't think meetings themselves are all that different. I can, I can certainly remember some from roughly 1999 that I, I, I feel were very similar to some I had, you know, two years ago. Um, so I, I don't think meetings themselves have changed. I think people have tried to do different things to meetings. Um, I will not say that at IBM meetings were horrible. We had them when we needed them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, you would think it a little worse with a company that size, but uh, I think that at IBM, it was more of a case of fiefdoms, right? So who, yeah. whatever, whatever group you were in was how the meetings were run. Um, and, and the groups I were, was in weren't too bad. There was a period of time, um, when I was doing sales support that there was no such thing as a meeting. It was all day. It was three days straight in a meeting room. And it, that was just every, but that was more co-working than it was a meeting. Um, yeah. but it, it, it certainly was everybody working together, working on the same thing. Um, so, so IBM wasn't too bad. Um, <clears throat> the the place the the health company health insurance company I worked for previous to this um, was horrible at at meetings. Um, liked to have many of them. Liked to let them go over time. No one really had any urgency to not make them go over time, um, and. No one really had any urgency to not book them back to back so that when you went over time on one, you were late for another. So it, yeah. it, it was, it, it was actually quite annoying and frustrating. And, and I got to the point where regardless of who was in the room, I started the meeting. 
Um, and, and if the person missing the meeting was a key player, I, I ended up not caring and, and yeah. they, they could catch up later. Um, and I tried to let them disrupt the meeting as little as they could when they came back, um, by not really letting them ask a lot of questions that were already covered. Um, so, so real bad meeting etiquette there, um, as, as an organization, cause it wasn't, it wasn't the department, it was company wide. Um, and, and we, our organization even tried, um, they even said, Hey, we're going to start scheduling meetings for 25 minutes so that you have the five minutes in between yeah. so that you're not late to the <clears throat> next one. And it didn't matter. Um, okay. the, the meetings ran late anyway. So, um, at the end of the day, if things are so, so that leads the, to the point of, does it matter? Um, if, if something very important is being covered, don't, isn't it more important to run late and go over time than it is to interrupt an important conversation? And I don't have a good answer to that. That the best answer I have for that is it's probably not important to, to interrupt the flow of a meeting what's more important is to not make not book yourself so full um to where you're disrupting other people when you're late so um that's generally the flow now with with uh with aspire edu we have weekly stand-ups um we we put those in about a year year and a half ago just to go over everything that was happening in a week um you and I go over things on a weekly basis um, with chasms. I, I and and the only other thing I would bring up is is the whole daily stand up thing. But we can get to that when we get there. Um, yeah. But that's that's my general experience with uh, with health meet with meetings in general. Well, I've I mean I've always looked at meetings that they always serve two purposes, and one purpose is for the higher ups to find out what's going on because they feel that things aren't moving at the pace they should, or they, or they just want to know what's going on. And so they call a bunch of people into the room because having a meeting with everybody is more convenient for them. What they don't figure out is that making everyone show up at the same time is convenient for them but it's completely against progress for each of those people that are also in the meeting. And so it's disruptive to actually making the progress they're checking on. Um, When I started out with Ernst and Young in consulting way back when, we had meetings daily that were just time sucks that would just interrupt your workflow you would sit, kind of sit there and maybe report back something, but sometimes it was just, you were just there because they're like, we need someone from this side of the project to be there in case a question comes up. It was completely inefficient. <clears throat> and at that time, I never, I didn't hear a lot of blowback on meetings are unproductive or meetings are inefficient. And I've heard way more of that in the last five years, 10 years maybe, than I had back then. This is 20 years ago. Um, and as I moved into the smaller and smaller business, I didn't always find that 
to change. Like it really depended on the people who were at the top. If they came from bigger companies, they were used to a culture of big groups talking to each other. Um, one person talking per time, but everyone was in there, which kind of meant you couldn't get anything done while that meeting was going on. And I would say that as I've moved up the ladder, I've remembered the time sucks that meetings typically became. And I've really worked to reduce meetings to be more one-on-one between myself and the team and reduce this need for the meeting to be about me getting information and being more about everyone getting the, just the information they need and that I get from them a short burst of what are you up to right now? What are you working on? And then I determine if that, what they're working on is what the team really needs. So um, I guess what I want to transition to is what tools, not, I don't want to care about brands or apps or stuff. I want to ask more what works for your teams right now to communicate for meetings? Because you're working at a remote company uh, with Aspire and construction specialties is, are they completely remote or are they half and half? I'm mostly remote. Okay. So for your teams now, um, not talking about standups, talking about we need to have a meeting about something. How are you all conducting meetings how are you executing meetings efficiently? <clears throat> so uh, f- uh, I'll start with construction specialties because we almost never have a meeting uh, called a meeting. Because um, usually if something, it, rarely do things need multiple people's inputs, which is what meetings are for. Yeah. Um Usually at most, there are two people that need to make a decision Then two people make a decision. Um, there's no need for a meeting. It's, it's called a phone call. Um, so we, we don't do lots of meetings um, per se. Aspire EDU, we do weekly stand-ups. Um, on a rare occasion, if something is happening or if... Um, an overly technical subject needs to be understood by the, the CEO. Um, we will pull everybody together ad hoc, um, just like, hey, can everybody get together now or can everybody get together tomorrow at 10, that sort of thing. Um, and then we'll just talk through it. But I, I think the strategy we employ is we just don't have them. Um, it, it, it's more a case of, Meetings exist when you need multiple people's input at the same time. Um, you don't need meetings if you're informing multiple people of things. That's yeah. there, there are ways to do that outside of meetings. Um, you don't need, quote, meetings if only two people need to be involved in a decision. That's a It's called a phone call. Um, it's... Um, I, 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 we just don't have the situation where we need that definition of meeting. I think where, where there's some struggle at times is people don't 
use that definition of meeting. Yeah. Well, I know like there's a number of techniques people, companies use to squash meetings. You talked about um, the approach of meetings are scheduled on at 25 minute intervals to let people get to the next one. Um, a lot of companies have gone this road of putting time estimate costs on meetings. So if you schedule a meeting, they actually put a number for a time associated with everyone in there. So then you kind of know the dollar figure of your meeting. I've heard of that working to like make people realize, oh, wow, I'm calling a thousand dollar meeting. What is the subject of this? And it's something like schedule a lunch for two weeks from now kind of thing. Um, like I don't, in the small company, we don't deal with those things anymore. At a bigger company, you start to think about how the, the real impact that these types of sessions have. Um, and I've always, I've always felt for teams, you call meetings based on the makeup of the team and where you are in the project. And at the very beginning with my teams, we call way more meetings than we do later on. So going back to Innovations for Learning, when I started that team up, we had a daily stand-up every day at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. was a target time that I let everybody vote on. What, what time works best for everyone to have their morning started that doesn't interrupt a workflow? And we can just have a stand-up where everyone just talks about what they're working on. And that worked really well for the first two to three months just to have that. But over time, we had people that were kind of like, oh, I'm out of this meeting, the stand-up today. Or the meet, the stand-up was really, it was just a repeat of the previous day because people were working on longer-term things. And we started tail off where the stand-ups were once every other day. And then I think it became once a week to the point that we then just killed it. Like, were you like, we don't need this anymore. And I think there's sometimes uh, managers like to keep a consistency for, oh, we do a stand-up every day. It's a very good discipline to have. And I kind of like kick that to the curb and say, it's all about what your team needs now and the age of the team, the makeup of the team, the way the team communicates, and the fact that the team can evolve and then you change how you set up your meetings and communications is much more important than maintaining some arbitrary daily thing that unless that somehow makes your team more productive, which you have to be the judge of. Right. So, like, how does your team use stand-ups – and the idea of a stand-up, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea of a stand-up was that meetings suck in the first place, so let's have a deal where people have to stand up and they can't get comfortable, and so therefore the meeting will go faster because everyone's standing in a circle or standing in a group talking about what they're going to do. Um, that's what I remember why stand-ups started. Now I don't think I've been in a part of a stand-up where I'm not sitting down <laughs> um, for the last two years. But what is your? How do you all approach these stand-up meetings, and how valuable are they? So we 
for for aspire we would do um we we at one point i believe we did dailies we got out of those very quickly um and we turned them into um we turned them into slack check-ins um here's what i'm doing today and and any questions could be handled in that channel um, we, we don't do, so construction specialists is a little different. We don't necessarily do, um, standups. We're, we're still experimenting with things. We, we, we do have, we will have an open Google hangout where people will come in and out, um, and just continue working. And then if they have a question, they'll just ask it to whomever's on the Google hangout. Um, that's not a meeting. It's not a standup. It's just more of a way of providing instant communication. Um, yeah. And it, I will say it, it sometimes it works well. Sometimes it does, does not work well. Um, there are times when we're on there for longer than I think we need to be. Um, but as long as everybody's doing their, their thing and not waiting for others to say something, then it doesn't really impact anything. Um, I, I think your, your approach of, of the ever decreasing frequency of standups makes sense. The only place that won't make sense necessarily is in a team with churn. Um, if you have a static yeah. team, then <clears throat> meetings also serve as, a way for everybody to get comfortable with each other. Um, so it, it's um, if you've got constant churn, you got people coming and going uh, on a team, then they're not going to find that dynamic. It's going to take them longer to find that dynamic. I should say. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think the ever decreasing frequency of the standup makes sense uh, in most cases. And, and that's essentially what we've gone to. Um, so I, it makes sense to me. So when you all you're doing using your Google, so you're doing one-on-one meetings with people then, and they're in really there's conversations. You're not scheduling a time and having a, a, <laughs> chat kind of you thing. mean for construction specialties for either for any of your projects. yeah for, for for the google hangouts we're doing there we'll we'll get four of us on a google hangout and we'll just open it and keep working um mm-hmm. and then if there's a question that comes up somebody will ask and um somebody will answer and then we'll go back to working somebody gets a call they'll put themselves on mute that sort of thing um so let's throw a curveball in this and we t- we've been talking about developer focus. And is the idea of a meeting that's scheduled that you can maybe block the time around the meeting to be like, I'm going to develop for three hours straight after this meeting or before it versus this open-ended, I can be interrupted at any time. Tell me your thoughts on having these set meetings to get things done. Cause I do have an example I've talked about before. I'm going to bring up, but what is your thought on meeting? Like having the, like having this open channel of interruption versus a meeting that kind of allows you to schedule around it times for focus. Well, let's, 
let's be clear. So, so yes, I do think it makes for, for a development team, it makes a ton of sense to, to set an organization policy that we only have meetings either as bookends of a day. So either at the beginning and ends of days or right around lunch breaks. Um, and otherwise there are chunks of time that cannot be scheduled for meetings. Okay. Um, so, so, and I, I think at the previous company I worked at, even if you put something on your schedule, even if you book busy time, you constantly got booked over anyway. So that wouldn't have worked there, but I also think just booking a meeting with yourself um, every day to say, this is my, this is my, scheduled time. And I think you, you talked about someone you worked with that only showed up on Slack uh, a couple times yeah. a day. Um, yeah. Same, same idea. Um, that, and I think if it comes down from the top, if it's something the organization or the department can all get everybody on board with, then it's going to work. Uh, everybody will, will readjust to, okay, we can make that work. We can only have meetings at 11 or at one. Um, or we can only have meetings at eight or, you know, three 30. Um, otherwise the chunks of time are, are consumed by, by, um, development design work. Yeah. So the, my example was when I had a new person starting, they had a ton of questions for me all the time and having this open-ended thing, um, type of communication approach didn't work very well because I was getting interrupted every few minutes. And so we scheduled a meeting time for 15 minutes every hour to two hours, I think it was. And the idea was for that new person, work as hard as you can on every problem you face on your own. And when you finally have given up, write it down on a piece of paper. And then at our 15-minute meeting time, you bring that to me. Now, the meeting doesn't have to be 15 minutes if I have to help you. But what it allowed me was to look at the clock and always know I've got this much time to focus until I may get a question to help this new person out. And it, it changed dramatically our progress. And that person became a little more self um reliant on solving problems over time because they were tired. They got to the point they didn't want to sit there for a huge chunk of time by without doing anything. And I was able to get things done and then really address in a chunk everything they needed. And it was still meetings is on our calendar of like, Hey, here's our sideline session, sort of, so to speak. But it worked terrific for helping that new person on board while I was able to get things done that I was needing to do for the project as well. Um, And so that's my same version, I think. Instead of an open channel, it was more of a scheduled hit and run type of here's a bunch of questions that I've built up over the last hour or two. And that seemed to work pretty well. So... How, so I I know you said that the person found a way to be more self-reliant. 
Um, but there, there had to have been cases where they were just plain stuck. Um, and, and there was lost time in, I can't figure out what my next steps are. So I, I need to, I, I'd, I'm going to Google for the next two hours until I can talk to Randy. Did that happen a whole lot? That was the point. Like, I feel like because the goal was to get them to be more dependent on their own research and figuring things out, I was fine with them burning time with the search and frustration because over time they got reduced more and more. So at the beginning, yeah, it was inefficient for them at the beginning to feel that way, but they were not left without anything to do. Like they're going to be able to meet and get their answers done. So they were not completely distressed. Like, like someone that feels like a whole week's going to go by until the next big meeting, they can ask, ask a question. They knew within an hour and a half to two hours, they would have the connection, the communication they needed. So that never led to a bunch of frustration, but it did make them say, all right, I'm going to dig into this and see if I can't figure it out. I mean, when you talk about coming to me with a list of 10 questions on first day, and then within two days, they came to me with a list of 10 questions, but four were scratched out by the time they got to me, to within a week, I got nothing right now. I'm okay. I feel like the forced you can't talk to me right now, but you will be able to if you really need to. That approach was tremendous for getting them onto their own. Like, I don't need a meeting for this. I can figure this out myself. So that's so I, I feel like we mitigated the 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 person feeling like they're wasting too much time over as things moved along. Okay. That, that makes, that, that makes sense. And, and I, I just know there are times when and you, I'm sure you've done it as, as I have where I've sat there and I've, I've blown a good part of a day trying to solve one problem that, uh, that somebody else would have solved for me in about 15 minutes. Um, yeah, j- j- just with pu- pushing me in the right direction. So I think in general, your 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 uh, your strategy is is sound. You just have to be willing to accept the inefficiency, and the junior developer has to be uh, strong willed enough to continue fighting. Um, but that's yeah, but that's why I, I hire people because they aren't going to sit on their butts waiting. Like they're going to be proactive and go after the answer without me, but I'm not going to leave them for a whole day. Yeah. Like they're going to have like that's the the idea is do not make someone sit there all day for an answer you can give them in five minutes. But we have to balance it out where I have apparently you know in theory I have very important things I have to get done too, and if I keep getting interrupted for their five minute things it will prevent me from getting done what I have to get done. So don't make them wait all day, but there's nothing to me in theory, 
I'm at the top because I the use of my time is more valuable or I've got the experience to make the mo- the better use of it. I'm a person onboarding has to hit pockets of inefficiency so that I can be more efficient. If that sure. makes sense. It does. Um, any other things that you've seen or heard or experienced regarding meetings and how to make them more efficient or like techniques that you've used to get meetings going. I agree with you. I start meetings right when we say they're going to start. Like I don't wait on people. It just, that's not like you want to be part of the whole meeting, then you need to be there. And if you you like, that's how I approach it. Unless it's a client, then we got to wait on the client. Yeah, that that you can't that you can't control. And when it's someone higher than you, you have to have the uh, fortitude to go <laughs> on and decide and, and know know whether that higher up will think you did the right thing or yeah. will be offended. Um, that's just called managing up at that point. Um, there are there are literally thousands of tactics on how to how to handle meetings. Um, I, I've, I've tried a ton of them. I, I, I do think at the end of the day, um, it, it comes down to the team dynamic as to what tactic works. Um, I've been in meetings where we had talking sticks where you couldn't talk unless you had the, the <laughs> token that said you could talk. I've been in <laughs> I've been in meetings with uh, with red, yellow, green indicators, meaning that if you said something that that um, that somebody thought was too aggressive, they could they could turn the the, the indicator red. It's that a lot of those tactics are now. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss that last one. If there's if there's something going on, bullying, uh, misogyny, that sort of thing, then, then obviously that's got to be dealt with. I, I, that's not a meeting tactic. That's a person tactic. Um, well, that's obvious to us, but there's a lot of people that don't get it. They don't really think about that stuff. Like there's something to be said for the loudest voice in the room should not be the one making all the decisions, but that's how it goes a lot in, meeting scenarios um like i guess what i'm driving this conversation towards now is if you are running a meeting or you're a leader in your company it is up to you to make them efficient to make them effective and to and to make go ahead so let's go there Let, let, let let's wrap up with exactly that okay um what exactly would we do if we're given carte blanche um, so if I'm giving carte blanche to reset an organization dynamic, so either yeah. because everybody in the, in this organization will listen to me or it's a new organization, what am I going to do? Um, we're, we're going to do, if it's a development organization or it's an organization that requires blocks of time to think, we're going to use that tactic of setting aside blocks of non-meeting time. Um, we're going to implement a policy of not accepting any meetings that 
immediately precede or come after another meeting. Um, you, you've got to have at least a half hour block of time between meetings. Now, some people think that's inefficient because what are you going to do in that half hour? Um, yeah. But I, I, I would, I would argue that either figure it. I mean, because certainly you could work through email in half an hour. Um, there's certainly things you can do in that small block of time, or you just rework the meeting to where you have more block of time. Um, we're going to start meetings on time. We're going to end meetings on time unless there's something really important going on. And that that's just, that's just a loose measure. Yeah. Um, what, what are, what are some of the things you absolutely would put in place? Well, I, all meetings must have an agenda and I think I it's, I'll be, I'll be quite honest. I hate that one. You hate agendas. I hate, I hate that one. So not, <laughs> So now, now we can work around. Finally, this for a while. finally, we disagree on something. I've so, found. So no. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Who's starting I, on this? I get, I get the point of all meetings must have agendas, um, but that does not allow conversation to flow. It inhibits you getting to a solution. Now, if the agenda is, we need to talk about the um, the way we're going to design the database for chasms, and that's all we're going to talk about. Fine. If, if, if we got to have a meeting for that, fine. Um, I rarely find that an agenda is well-defined enough to actually drive the meeting to where it wants to go. Whenever yeah. you go into all meetings must have an agenda, then A, people put together a crap agenda uh, or well, B the agenda or B the agenda is so tight that it, and, and the, the, the policing of it is so tight that busybodies in the meeting will say that wasn't on the agenda. You can't talk about that. So no, I, I am fervently against the all meetings must have an agenda rule because not everybody's uh, 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 behaves well in that scenario. Well, let me rephrase because you asked me what I do. And I, when I'm trying to reduce meeting times, when I've been in a company and meetings start dragging, they're inefficient, I personally go into meetings with an agenda. And I sometimes, depending on who the culprits are for long meetings, I will send that person the agenda. I do not enforce the agenda as this is the rigid thing we're talking about and we can't talk outside these lines. It's much more of a checklist of these are the topics we're covering and either there's a crap ton of things on this list or these are the three topics and we may cut the meeting short because it's just not that much. And then the other thing about releasing an agenda early that I found is that people will send me a, the answer through chat or email like, oh, we don't need to talk about that. This is the answer. And then I get the answer without doing the meeting for half the things on the list. So then, I, then, then, then you were lazy for not asking the question ahead of time. Maybe. But, but sometimes yeah, I didn't if you, know. If you could have gotten that question answered by just setting an agenda, you could have gotten that question answered by sending an email. And maybe you didn't know. And yeah, that's I fair. didn't know. But yeah, I agree with you. And so that's what I'm, what I'm striving to do is get the answers I need for either through discussion 
or finding out that someone has the answer. Sometimes it's a more of a kick in the butt to people of, hey, this hasn't been answered for a while and we've been asking it for a while. So now we're really going to get to it where we're going to have everyone talk about it. There's all sorts of motivations for meetings. I think can, can, can I can I rephrase your your statement to where I think we'll come into agreement? I think sure. we'll phase into agreement. <laughs> Meetings must have a purpose. Okay, that's good enough. Meetings <laughs> don't need an agenda. Yeah. Meetings need a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. An agenda means a lot of th- different things to a lot of different people. Sure. If if a meeting has a purpose, okay, fine, got it. Here, here's the purpose. The purpose is we need the answers to these four things. Or here's the purpose. We need to come together as a group on this one thing. Yeah. And then your busybodies, and, and I this, this drives me absolutely nuts, your busybodies will not get in the way of that wasn't on the agenda. Sure. They may come around and say that wasn't the purpose of this meeting, which if they say that, they might be right. Yeah, I don't, I guess. And then it might be okay to say, okay, you're right. Let's set that aside because that's just going to inhibit the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, I've never really let the busybodies matter. Like people that say, that's not. Then you you haven't had the right kind of busybody who does not care what you think, (laughs) does not let you run a meeting. Oh well, that, I guess I'm no longer. Is, I haven't is been disruptive in is disruptive if yeah. the meeting does not go their way. Well, there's a reason I don't work at big companies <laughs> because I avoid those yeah, people no and I don't hire them. But yeah, like you're, I totally get what you're saying. There are people that have this weird fixation on what's written down on paper matters in the real world right now. And I just avoided all that. Right. I guess the one point I want to get back to is in, in this theoretical scenario, I'm respond. I'm the leader. I'm responsible for the efficiency of the meeting, the purpose and things getting done. And people will not close a meeting unless I close it. Not because I'm, like holding some grand meeting control, it's because I'm the person in charge. And I do feel that if you call a meeting and you're the leader, people are going to let that meeting go as long as possible because it does avoid responsibility for getting things done. There's nothing better for somebody that's overworked or or being accused of being inefficient to say, but you've got me in meetings all the time. And it could be true. I mean, that could be the real reason they aren't getting things done, but it's also a crutch. And if people can sit in a meeting while they aren't being efficient, they can push that blame back on the people calling the meetings easily. And it's not, it's just hard to dispute me breaking your focus for chunks of time um, and you getting things done hasn't, there's obvious cause effect there. So for me to run a meeting more efficiently, I always have a checklist of things I want to accomplish. And then I start to pay attention to um, where are we off topic? And it's not that I say, hey, we're off topic. We must stop this line of discussion. It's just me paying attention to it. Like, are we talking? Are we joking around now? 
and now people can get off the phone if they don't need to be here. It's up to me to make people feel that, hey, I call the meeting, I'm the leader. Now people can leave if they need to. It's up to me or to me to say this meeting is over, adjourned. You as a leader need to understand that it is your responsibility to set people free, to let them get out of this. And if you don't recognize that, then you're not understanding how leadership and management works where people are just going to be like, well, he, this person called me to the meeting. I'm just going to sit here and stew for a while while everyone else talks about things that are unrelated. I feel like you yeah, have to let people go. You're, you're, you're right. I am always, I find it hard to recall a time when I did not feel an overwhelming pressure to get the meeting over yeah. when I'm in charge. That's my number one job is to get the meeting over, get with the purpose accomplished. Yeah. Um, so I can be a bit dictatorial um, in meetings when it comes to, so, so back to the whole busybody thing. I will also be that way if I'm running the meeting and you're going off topic and it's not in a productive direction, we're going to end that right away. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not going to come down and, and yell and scream. I'm going to redirect. Um, and if you don't take my redirection well or you don't pick up on it, then I'll be more direct about it. Yeah. Um, be more direct about saying, okay, let's, let's, call a, let's call a different meeting to, to talk about that. Um, Oh. All right, so I interrupted. I interrupted your your your, uh, your list of of things you would implement within a uh, within a, a new organization. Oh, well that I mean, I thought I think we covered a lot of good points on that. Um, what yeah. else do I do? Ah, I don't. You know, with me starting meetings, regardless of who's going to be a part of it, that includes clients and bosses. I've never, I guess I've never worked for someone that's like all of the people I've worked for that's a manager or a boss were always busy people and they understood that meetings would start without them. They just never had an ego to that extent. And if they did, I don't think I'd work for them very long anyway. Like the busiest person I ever worked for was always 10 minutes late. And I would start meetings and I would find a topic that didn't matter for them and just start kind of discussing something important while we waited, but we kind of knew that this person would be 10 minutes late, but they were the person running the company. And then they didn't seem to care that we were starting late because they were joining every meeting late routinely. So I just, by starting things on time, it forced the majority of people to be there on time. If I didn't start meetings for 10 minutes, then everyone would start showing up late. And then it was a real problem if the head person showed up on time or five minutes late and people were like, oh, crap, I was waiting for the, you know, the top dog to show up 10 minutes late. Like, it's like, hey, these meetings get started on time. And if you're not the top dog, you're late. And that's not as good as them. They have a good excuse. The only other kind of thing that I wanted to bring up was my tactic at one company that was mid-size there's 100 people 
um, what I would do with that company, I was not top dog. I was just kind of a developer, straight developer. And I was called into so many meetings because I was the developer for so many projects. And what I found, the tactic I used was show up to every meeting on time. When I had an opportunity to go first or there was an it was unclear what to get started with, I would raise my hand and go, let me go first because I need to leave before this is over. I would throw in my two cents on everything we, I knew we were talking about, and then I would bolt. And there was always, a, at this company, there was always this need to be part of all the meetings because the way the politics worked there. You wanted to be in these meetings or things could get decided and you were screwed based on whatever was being chosen. But if you were there, your presence was there, you didn't need to be there the whole time, and no one seemed to care that you would leave early because you dropped your two cents in. And so I would just routinely show up at all these meetings with the idea that it was a half-hour meeting, I'd be there for five to ten minutes, and I would bolt. And I never got feedback that that was disruptive, and I was able to get more done. And I had to play it by ear. I had to see, like, what is what do people think about my, you know, kill a meeting quick r- routine? I asked a few project managers. They're like, no, you always throw in what you need. And they would u- usually send me a chat or something like, hey, you missed this part or, or something. But me, I took control of the situation for myself, not being a top the leader of the meetings, but needing to be being called into them constantly of, Hey, whoever's running these meetings, if you need my time, I'm not, I'm going to be here at the beginning of it. So ramp everything up to the front. And I never had competition from anybody else in the meetings saying, but I want to go first. Like no one seemed to care, but I was able to control my exposure to the meetings to get what I needed done because I simply observed it's I'm able to go in here and, you know, drop and run as fast as I can. So I guess my message to anyone out there that feels like they are a slave to meetings is take control if you can and see if you really need to be there from the start to the finish. Because I found at this one company, I didn't need to. And I still was able to do what I needed to. Yeah, there, there's a lot to pick apart <laughs> there. Um, but, but, but I think you, uh, I think you prefaced it uh, well enough by, by implying that this was a, uh, dysfunctional meeting yes. culture that, that I won't, I won't, um, I won't go any further <laughs> on <Yeah>. that. <laughs> the only, okay. So I want to wrap up okay. with this, um, real simple, real simple question. Your opinion on people taking notes on their computers versus on paper? I don't like it. Um, I find that people browse internet instead of taking notes. The typing is loud. Um, it's disruptive. There's, there's just no. They, they could be browsing the internet. They could be answering emails. They could be doing a thousand yeah. things. That's yeah. not the meeting. Um, I yeah. hate it. I think it, it's not something that I think can be gotten away from now because people have gotten to where they can take notes on computers better than they can handwrite them. 
Um, so it's hard to, to say that. Um, but boy, does it, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, I would like to say now that get I, off my lawn. Yeah. I'd like to say that I could <laughs> tell people, put your laptops down and write notes, but knowing the pro like the project managers I've worked with, they had their own, they had such involved systems for notes taking and stuff. It's like, Hey, let me force you to reduce taking your the tool you use for notes and um, let me take away like how you work. Like that seems counterproductive. I guess I could say mm-hmm. that depending on the person, I would say, hey, look, you know, either you're taking notes or you have your laptop closed. So, you must have your computer here for one reason only, but it's not to chat with other people and browse the internet. It's only for we need to look up something or you're taking notes. And so I'm fine with that type of like, you know, leadership management of why is your laptop open here? Why are you typing here? You're not, if you're, if you're browsing the internet while we're talking, then you don't need to be here in the first place. Um, because no one's paying attention when they're doing that stuff. But I agree with you. Like overall, it's distracting as crap when people are typing um, or brow- or doing other things. When the whole idea is that everyone's trying to talk something through. All right, let's call this meeting to a close. It's fifty-five. <laughs> we have plenty of other things we can talk about, but we've got the ch- the mat the chunk of it done. We can talk about the rest of this later. Sound good. Yeah, that we've accomplished the purpose of this meeting. All right. We will talk. Have we met your agenda? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I don't have, I actually didn't write one. So, no, you didn't. No. So, there we go. All right. All right. Very good. Talk to, talk to you soon. Later. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you.